Hey everyone, welcome to Past Lives and the Divine. I am Gina, the host of this podcast, and today we are tapping into that divine sky. I have Ashley from Yoga Magic Podcast, and I have Meredith from Earthling Astrology, and we are talking about that Sagittarius energy as we move, as the sun moves into Sagittarius in the sky. And that'll happen, I believe, on the 21st of this month. So we're a couple days ahead, but you will be ready for it. And we have a special guest, Sarah Lou, who uh, is joining us and she is a triple Sag. That means her sun sign, her rising sign, and her moon sign are in Sagittarius. So we're kind of digging in and just seeing what life is like. And Meredith actually talks about how rare that is. I think she maybe sees like one a year with someone with that much of one energy in their chart. So super excited to have her and talk about that. Um, And then we, as always, you can find Ashley's links and Meredith's links and Sarah Lou Who links in the show notes. You can also click over to Past Lives and the Divine via the show notes. And that's where you can learn about the different services I offer. I offer all my sessions virtually, so if you have access to the internet, you could be my client. I would love to see where we go. So go to pastlivesandthedivine.com and check all that stuff out. If you scroll down to the bottom of the website, enter your email address there if you like this information, because people on my email list get fun little bonuses, they get little discounts on certain things. Uh, Number one, they all got a discount code. If you're on my email list, you got a discount code for this month's hypnotic track, which is living your purpose, very Sagittarius energy. So if you want more of that feeling of living in your purpose, which to me is like this feeling of freedom, understanding your purpose, trusting our intuition, that sort of thing, head over to the shop at pastlivesandthedivine.com and you can grab that and hop on the email list if you're not on there because you could get a little discount. Okay, the hypnotic track, that's in the shop. You can go get that. And then we also have a little bonus episode coming next week. So keep your eyes and ears peeled. I believe it's going to land about Wednesday next week. And it's a sneak peek into what's coming for 2022 for Past Lives and the Divine. And I hinted a little bit at it, just a little bit, on Instagram. Uh, And I'm pastlives.tourguide on Instagram if you want to follow me there. But honestly, being on my email list is the best place to get all the information. And uh, I think you are going to love what's coming in 2022. I am super excited about it. Okay, are you ready? Gather around the fire for our conversation about that Sagittarius energy. Welcome everybody. I have our two regular guests and one special guest who is a triple Sag. So this episode is all about that Sagittarius energy, how we can use it, how it might show up for you. And um, yeah, we've got a real live triple Sag. (laughs) Okay, so so rare. We have Meredith, we have Ashley, and we have our special guest, Sarah Lou Hu, who was just on the pod. So welcome, you all. Um, I'm super excited to get this going. Let's start with some short intros. So Sarah, let's start with you. Just give us a little intro and whatever you want us to know. Sure. Hello, everyone. I am Sarah, or Sarah Lou Hu, depends on you know how you met me, but I am... <laughs> 
the triple Sag for this segment. I'm the maniac Sagittarius. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of fire. Lots of fire. I want to, okay. So I'm Meredith. Everyone knows me as a regular here, owner of Earthling Astrology. And I want to say I've been practicing professionally for about four and a half years. And I've met four triple signs. So Sarah being one of them, I want everyone to know how rare it is. You have to be born on a new moon and that new moon has to be almost rising or rising in your chart to be a triple sign. So I've met a triple Taurus, a triple Leo, and I can't remember the other one. And now we have a triple Sag. Um, And I don't know, Sarah, you practice or you know a little bit of astrology. Have you met another triple sign? Is anyone, Ashley, have you seen it in your practice? Mm -mm. I know another triple Sag. (gasps) <gasps> what? Whoa, I, know. I know. Mind I know. blown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is this like a family tree person in your family tree? <laughs> it's not. My dad's a double Sag. Um, wow. but a, a friend of mine, like she had seen, or she had heard me say it on social media at some point in time. And then me and her went to get drinks and she sat down. She was so serious too. She ordered our drinks and she goes, I just have to tell you something. And I'm like, looking at her like, okay. And she goes, I'm also a triple Sag. And I'm, what? <laughs> That but it was funny crazy. how serious she was about it. <laughs> and it's like, this is the best news. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Absolutely. Ashley, All right, we'll tell the new people. Yeah. Curious if you've met any triple sign either. I feel like of all of the signs to have an abundance of, Sag is a good one. Like that's a good, I don't know. I just a lot of optimism. So I'm Ashley. I am the host of the podcast, Yoga Magic. I am a self-care coach. I love to use astrology to infuse into my self-care practices. And Sarah was actually on my show about a year ago. I remember her saying, telling me this like life-changing thing that when we turn on humidifiers for the plants, it's like good for us too. And I literally do it all the time. And then the other thing, Sarah, I wanted to tell you. So I watched one of your videos. This was maybe like a couple months ago. It was like five minute makeup on Instagram. And I went out and immediately bought all of the things, all of everything you suggested. And I do it every single day. And like, I am a whole new person to have like a real makeup routine, even though I it's love five that. minutes. And it's I'm, easy, right? It's amazing. It's not, yes. It's not overwhelming. It's like, it doesn't feel like a chore because makeup or beauty shouldn't feel like a chore. It should feel like self-care. So yeah. Yay, I'm so, so glad. thank you. That makes me happy. Oh, I love that. I'll have to check that out because Ashley knows I'm struggling in that department. (laughs) Um, But she's helping me out. (laughs) Yeah, I would say that's how I would describe myself. But after following Sarah, I don't feel that way. Ashley, I never put that together. But now I'm thinking like, what I normally do for makeup. Oh, I totally got that from you. I love this. <laughs> I'm like bubbling over with joy right now. <laughs> yeah. That is Sagittarius territory, uh, territory, spread joy. Um, so should we dive into some Sag? Let's dive in. Give us the regular, obviously, Meredith, that you normally do. And then speak to like doubles, triples, what that can mean. Sure. Okay, so Sagittarius, the ninth sign of the zodiac. After we were just talking, I was like, I feel like it's the sign that's most likely to spontaneous combust. Um, have you? I, when I was a kid, I was like obsessed with those stories about people like just like burned up in their chairs. I'm like, that would be a Sag thing to do. Just go like that, <laughs> like boom, explode. Um, okay, so it is a fire sign, and it is a mutable fire sign. So mutable, mutable means needs to be changing all the time. Doesn't like to sit still. Um, so Sag, Sagittarius needs to move their body 
me, uh, they struggled in my experience the most during, you know, lockdown days. Sagittarians went a little bit nuts. They don't like to be still. They want to be traveling. They want to be on a plane, doing lots of things, usually overbooking themselves. Sagittarius likes to be busy. This is the sign that is all about truth expansion, knowledge, uh, your path, your calling, and your belief systems. So we all have our personal belief systems, and that is our truth for us. Um, and that is Sagittarius story. Like, what do you believe? And it's ruled by the planet Jupiter, which is, again, king of the gods, um, expansion uh, of all belief systems and your personal identity through the Sagittarius archetype. Uh, Sagittarius loves to travel and an adventure. My mother-in-law is a Sagittarius. I have to log on to Facebook to see where she is in the world. Um, I'm not even kidding about that. I log in, I'm like, oh, she's in Turks and Caicos. Oh, she's in Costa Rica. Like I cannot <laughs> keep track of her. Um, and she used to work for the airlines. So she's all set there with the, with the flights. Um, this is the sign that has, you know, it's the archer. So associated with the path and the calling, there's a lot of maybe archetypes associated with a, a Sag, like, um, they're the philosopher, they're the teacher, and they're the spiritual guru. The negative vibration archetype, I always say is, um, the cult leader. So sometimes there's a really fine line between that spiritual guru and the cult leader. And how I say is like the, the way you tell the difference is the spiritual guru like Buddha, Jesus, whoever you want to put in that category, even like the Joe Dispenza's of the world, probably like give you their information, give you their belief system, and they don't force it upon you. They just kind of like, here it is, take it or leave it. Where that cult leader, Sagittarius negative vibe will be like, believe this or else. That's kind of like the culty uh, vibe with Sag. So um, Sag, more negative traits, they can be a little preachy. And since they are the sign of truth, they can have foot and mouth disease sometimes. They're so honest that, you know, sometimes I don't want to hear that my shirt doesn't look good on me. You know, like, oh, thanks for, and that is very honest, but it is the truth, but didn't need to hear that. So that's what I, especially Sagittarius Risings, um, which Sarah, you are, uh, my husband is, I tend to, I found out later that I only fall in love with Sagittarius rising. So that was interesting when I started studying astrology, um, just kind of like give it to you first thing that comes to their mind, very blunt. And again, uh, not so much as a filter sometimes with that Sag rising. Um, get a little judgy too. I, I'm a Sagittarius moon and I've definitely fallen into that category and I have to really check myself uh, for that. Like, and we're all human, right? We all have our judgments and people are different than us, but like Sagittarius does struggle the most with that. And Sagittarius can think they're right all the time because they know everything. <laughs> so, uh, Sagittarius <laughs> shadow, uh, thing to work on would be like, okay, admitting when they're wrong. Um, if somebody comes back, be like, okay, I was wrong about that. But that is very, very hard for Sagittarius to do. Um, the body parts that I like to throw this in there, because it's kind of random that Sagittarius rules is the thighs, the hips, the liver and the sciatic nerve. Uh, so kind of like that hip area of the body is a uh, Sagittarius territory. And I've noticed about Sagittarius risings, um, tend to have like a, a longer face or I don't know Sagittarius is the horse too so let's see Kim Kardashian Bill Nye Sarah here uh, my husband he's very tall and lanky just kind of has like that long frame and Sarah I've never met you in person I have no clue how tall you are or anything like that that was one thing when I Not met tall. these girls okay I met these girls like at, five and, two and a half okay really? I thought Gina was like five ten so it's so funny um <laughs> When you meet online, you're like, how tall is everybody? It's, it's so my funny. camera angle. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, so that's kind of my quick uh, rundown on the Sagittarius energy. Again, truth, expansion, knowledge. And I know I was listening to Sarah's pod that you were on just a couple months ago on Gina's where you said um, you like learning things all the time and you have a lot of plates spinning. I think that's how you phrased it, Sarah. Um, and that's your comfort zone, I assume. Just kind of like chaos, uh, always things changing. Totally bouncing to one thing to the next. And it's probably hard for you to sit still and do nothing. <laughs> it's like torture, like yeah. actual torture. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't, even in Sag Moon, if I'm stuck at a red light for more than like 15 seconds, or I'm stuck on a bus or a train or that plane is sitting on the tarmac, it's just like nails on a chalkboard. Just want to be in motion. That is the Sagittarius. Just like shoot that arrow and it wants to keep going. It does not want to stop. Any questions, <laughs> yeah. So if you, I don't know if I have anything in Sagittarius, but would you say that like whatever house is Sagittarius on your birth chart? Is that the right way to say that? Is, mm-hmm. is that like where that energy shows up? And can you give an example of it? Any yes. of you? Um, so not all astrologers work this way where I put the houses aligned with a sign. So If you are not a Sagittarius and you have, say, three or four planets in the ninth house, you're going to act a little bit like a Sag. Um, So again, Gina, we've talked about this a little bit with your chart. Like you are a Libra, but you've got a lot in the 12th house, which is Pisces territory. So you're Libra with a Pisces kind of vibe. And Uh, Gina, yes, you've got two planets in Sag. One is Mars and the other one is Neptune. So Neptune is a generational planet, but Mars is unique to you. So passionate. um, Mars is passion, Gina. So truth philosophy probably always changing for you (laughs) your truth might change on the daily uh being that mutable mutable sign huh wow interesting and i'll let others chime in too ashley what can you tell us unmute okay (laughs) (laughs) i i i love talking about sag because it's another one where i really have to like see it play out in order to fully understand it. Some there's a few really, it's funny. Cause like Aries is another fire sign where I'm like, ah, like, what does this look like on a person? And Sarah, I feel like you're such a good person that truly like acts out in that Sagittarius way of like travel and adventure. And like, I see a lot of abundance, obviously, you know, the Sagittarius being ruled by Jupiter, there's like so much good luck, if you will, within that energy, especially when you know how to use it in a positive expression. So when I think of Sagittarius, when I work with clients that have a lot in their chart, it's, it's really fun because we can get really positive and we can get really um, specific and we can just like get started. Right. We don't have to like go too deep too, too soon. It's like, let's have some fun. So, you know, in the physical plane, it's things like joyful movement, like moving the body in, some, you know, like dance ways, or I like literally think of Zumba when I think of Sagittarius. I loved Zumba. I had a Zumba <laughs> period of my life that I was addicted to. Right. So yes. And like, there's, I mean, there's no shame. Like it's, it's when I've done Zumba, I'm it's, it's so uncomfortable and so awkward, but like, doesn't matter. Right. It's just fun or like ecstatic dance or group fitness in general, right. Where you're like moving your body in this really joyful way. 
that, you know, in addition to that travel adventure seeking, and, you know, it's not always a reality to be constantly traveling. That's something that like I would love to do, but that we don't necessarily live in a world where we can do that all the time. So there's a lot of other ways that Sag Energy can find that adventure in a day-to-day practice, something like visualization or even just journaling on like places you want to go or planning a future trip or exploring your own city in, you know, sort of adventure filled ways, like right there. There's so much adventure that we can do without even leaving our house. And I think we learned that. I mean, I did anyways, during quarantine, it's like, Hmm, like, what can I, what can I do to create some, a little change this up? And yeah. So I always definitely encourage Sagittarius to seek out adventure. If you can travel as much as possible, heck yes, do that. Make that a part of your life, find a job where you can be remote, where you can do things and um, just kind of set set the tone for what you want. And I touched on it earlier, you know, Sagittarius being Jupiter ruled really does have that, that spark of good luck. And I think the abundance piece plays out in, ma- in a manifestation practice, right? Of like, what do I want? What do I really want? And, and you touched on it earlier, Meredith, around the truth piece, right? Like, it's kind of fun to be around someone who knows what they want. They mm-hmm. truly does. And they're working towards that. And so any sort of manifestation practice, and I say this for all the signs, but there's certain signs that are just, it just comes a little more naturally. Um, and Sagittarius is, is really at the top of the list with all of that abundance. So being really truthful about what you want, going out and actually getting it doing the shadow work as it comes up and then um, just using that fire within your life to, to get out there and, and experience things. The, the last piece that I'll point out for really, you know, well, actually all of the fire signs is that there does need to be built in rest. You know, if when we think about burnout, like truly the word burnout, that that's, that's totally it, right? Like you're burning so fast and hot that at some point you can burn out doesn't have to be a ton of rest, maybe not as much as some of the other signs, um, like a water sign, for example, but there needs to be some recoup. Otherwise th- you can't go out and do the things you can't seek that adventure. And that might look like something like, um, you know, yoga Nidra, yoga Nidra is a really great practice and it's spiritual, you know, Sagittarius is inherently spiritual. So like finding that practice that is rejuvenating, it's a little bit more efficient than say like taking a, a super long nap. Um, yoga Nidra is a practice of really, it's like yogic sleep. Your brain goes um, into this really deep meditative state, similar to hypnosis and um, moves through all these phases. And it's almost, it's like, like going to sleep for several hours. That's how it's like non-sleep deep rest is actually what it is. So it's, there's science to it. Um, something like that, or even just like, you know, taking those rests, finding days, building days into your schedule where you don't have anything, where you're just truly recouping. And then next day, go, 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 go. Um, but it's, it, it feels uncomfortable. I would say for Sagittarius to like really schedule in rest, but it's, it will only further your dreams and your goals and your manifestation practice. If you actually do it. Good advice. <laughs> and probably hard for like Sarah Triple Sag to, to I'm like, follow. what? No, not. <laughs> Don't make me do it. <laughs> I'm like, what can be considered rest? <laughs> it's what yeah. I'm literally thinking in my mind. Like, could I be doing this and resting? <laughs> yeah, because what I literally is can't rest? sit still. 
think that's actually like a really good point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What does it feel like for you, Sarah? Like when you do rest, what does it look like? Like when, when you were saying that I was thinking in my head, like, okay, like my, I do not take naps period. If I'm napping, I am sick. Like if you see me and I'm asleep in the middle of the day, something ain't right. But, um, but for me, as soon as you said like scheduling days and I'm like, okay, like I immediately went to like, um, I started doing mosaic tiles and I was like, oh, that's nice. Like to me working with my hands by myself with no one else around, um, is like my release. That's my like self meditation. So just sitting down, even if I'm just painting or drawing, or even just sitting and reading, doing something that I don't have to do because I've already scheduled it a month in advance is great (laughs) and very just fulfilling and kind of fills my cup up and recharges me. Mm -hmm. I bet Sagittarians get rest on airplanes too. (laughs) Like, okay, I can sit, you know, for eight hours and I can't move anywhere. So that's when I give myself permission to rest. Totally. And that's one thing that like, I was actually joking with my dad when I, I moved from Brooklyn of Florida before I came back up to Massachusetts and I told my dad he was like you need to like just stop for a couple of minutes because I was going so crazy when we were in New York and I told him I was like I know that I can rest on Wednesday because everything will be packed and I physically won't have access to anything so that's my rest day <laughs> but I really do have to force myself because if I get to a day and I just tell myself okay I'm just gonna take it easy it I won't do it I have to like be forced to do it or force myself to do it. Interesting. Hey, Sarah, can I ask you a question? And I have a theory. I want to see if it has, um, uh, if it's legit, do you get jet lag? Usually do you suffer from jet lag? Um, do you feel that? Normally? No. Okay. That's what my theory normally was. Like I do f- not. Okay. Um, <laughs> but for some reason, I think it's because I hadn't traveled overseas in so long when I went to Italy in August. I actually had, normally I don't have jet lag, like falling asleep, but I did when I went this time and I'm like, what is happening? And they're like, yeah, (laughs) I don't get jet lag, (laughs) but I did this time. But typically, no, like typically I just, I wake up the next morning and I'm go, go, go. Yeah. It was my theory for Sagittarians and maybe the fire signs in general to not suffer um, from jet lag and, Mm -hmm. you know, change in schedule, like the earth signs, you know, like it might kick my butt. Um, I remember when I went to Japan, it was the worst jet lag I've ever had. Like everything fell upside down. Um, But yeah, it's just a theory I've been playing with. So thank you for chiming in. I'm not sure if Ashley and Gina, do you guys get jet lag? (laughs) Um, I like to do my scientific research. (laughs) Do you? Meredith, I have a theory similar to this theory on like a slightly different topic though. So as a cancer son, I can, I get tired really easy and a lot of things I need to rest, but you know, when I never get tired is if I'm up all night with like a baby or with my children, Mm. I can, I don't get tired. Mm -mm. I can just like do the day. It's almost like it didn't happen. I think that's like that nurturing mother part of me is like literally doesn't affect me. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Cause I'm a Capricorn son and I could work and never get tired. Yeah. Um, yeah. So interesting. Um, I was going to say one thing with, uh, now we're in the, the signs of the Zodiac that are starting to move towards more collective energy. So last month we did Scorpio, which is like facing your shadow, doing the shadow work on planet earth. And then Sagittarius is like, once you get through that shadow and you face your fears and demons, what is your calling? What is your path? Um, and then ah. next month we'll talk about Capricorn, which is the goals and the ambitions. So we're kind of moving along and it's like the signs grow up with us. 
Uh, and the first sign, you know, Aries is that divine spark as an individual. Leo's like, how do I fit into the crowd? And Sagittarius, even the highest vibration here, like, what do I do with myself in this crowd wow. on this planet? Like, you keep going up the octaves. Whoa, I never thought of it like that. That is really neat. Um, even just how you broke it out into fire signs and mm -hmm. also from Scorpio into. Um, something that I have been kind of digging around with, of like the shadow stuff. I mean, clearly that's like where I work, but <laughs> even just on a personal <laughs> level, but my question for you all is like, what's your definition of shadow work? And I think we've talked about this on some level. So if it feels more natural for you to say something along the lines of like, I know it's shadow work when, or here's how I classify it. But Mike, I, I'm trying to see how I can give context without talking super long about it. Sometimes I wonder this like malevolent, benevolent energy, you know, light, dark, shadow, light, all that stuff. Sometimes to me, that feels like a real human system of labeling and not necessarily like a, you know, collective consciousness, maybe how things go on the other side. Um, and so my question is just like, I'm sure it's just like many words we use where we all maybe have a different understanding or different um, experience with it. So just, I mean, speak up whoever wants to go first, but what do you think about that? Like, tell me a little bit more about how you feel about shadow work, what it feels like to you. How do you know you need to do it? What's your experience? Also, always a loaded question. Um, and yeah, we have talked about this. I don't this travel other. light. <laughs> um, when I, I know that I have something to work on when another person, whether it's on the television or somebody I come across in my day annoys me, or I feel like I don't like something about them. I'm like, okay, for me, that's something I don't like in myself. So I'll have to go inside to get my inside squeaky clean. So I'm not projecting my own shadow onto other people. Um, and that's just like a quick thing. But then the there's another piece of the shadow work, which is our phobias and our fears. I've gone deep into that this year. I've had some weird phobias about like drowning. I've never been able to watch people in movies underwater, like in drowning scenes that would always kick up some kind of DNA fear in me. So I have actually done meditations and I've drowned myself in my meditations to work through that fear, baby stepping. And now I can watch movies with people, not that I want to, <laughs> drowning, and I don't have that same trigger reaction. So there's so many different ways to look at shadow work, whether it's fears, projection, um, just like really the uncomfortable energy on planet earth. But more and more people in my practice I'm seeing are getting comfortable with the discomfort because this planet isn't all sparkles and unicorns and cozy slippers and hot mugs of coffee and all that kind of stuff. So it's really yeah. been fascinating to see. I've, I've had a front row seat to the collective shadow being transformed and I'm sure all of you have seen that in different ways and I just like keep saying I want to put that on the news um but yeah it's happening yeah. so each individual whoever's listening if you have done the work on yourself please give yourself a pat on the back you have caused a ripple effect on the planet whether you feel like you're not getting anywhere um just even putting the conscious intent to face your shadows and face your fears promise you will uh, affect the collective and maybe someone you'll never even meet Oh, yes, 100%. What you described there, 
uh, Meredith sounds to me like, I don't know if you learned this, Sarah, in hypnosis training, but it's like a form of hypnosis where you basically put someone into trance and you just keep asking them the same questions. Like um, I did it with Alex. <laughs> um, I don't mean to laugh, but him and I have an inside joke about it, I guess, which you probably wouldn't want to share. But anyway, I did it for him after Lil, our wiener dog passed away. Um, a few years ago, he was just experiencing a lot of guilt and grief with it. And so that was one of the things we did. It was like this desensitizing, desensitizing. And it's essentially where you go into it. And every time you tell the story or think about the story or a story like you did, Meredith, um, just the less triggered you are by it. And pretty soon you're bored. Yeah, you got to go towards it and, you know, turn that trigger switch to off. And it's so uncomfortable to do that because our instinct as human fight or flight, get me away from that scary thing, that uncomfortable thing. Um, But okay, that's interesting. Like hypnosis, you can, I'm sure in past life regressions, drownings come up or horrible, we've all died in horrible ways that are stuck in our DNA and you have to kind of go towards that to heal it. Um, yes. Yeah, completely. What I think is so cool is it's a real testament to how our subconscious mind protects us because every time a client tells the story, like every time Alex would tell the story of Lil dying, he would get more and more detailed in his storytelling. And I think it's, and, and we had to keep telling the story and keep telling the story. And I think it's like, you know, putting the brakes on, if you're going down like a really steep hill, it's like our subconscious mind is like, we're only going to give you a little bit. Okay. We're only going to give you a little bit. I've never heard of anyone, Meredith, doing that on their own, just in meditation. And of course people could do it. Yeah. Sarah, what do you think about that? Did you learn anything with that? I don't know if that was like specific to Madonna, probably not. But But that the repetition, I feel like maybe specific for me, like I'm just thinking what I would have thought to do in that scenario would be more of like an anchor, like a, like anchoring in of feeling safe. Like, yeah, sure. Put you in the water, but have you anchored in, in some type of way so that, you know, you can, you feel empowered to save yourself kind of a thing is how I, I feel like my training would have taken it, but I've never, I've never done the repetition, but desensitizing. Yes. Like, right. That's why people who have fears of airplanes, you know, you put them into hypnosis and you imagine the flight going fine so that when they do actually walk on an airplane, they're not hyperventilating walking down the aisle. Yes. God, the strength it takes for someone to feel that way and execute a flight. <laughs> Just like mm-hmm. bow to those people. <laughs> um, yeah. So Ashley, did you want to add anything to like the shadow side of it? I know you've been kind of digging around in it for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I really do love shadow work, but I think it is such a weird concept. And, and unless you're doing it regularly to like, what is it? So I think of shadow work as integrating the parts of ourselves that we deny for whatever reason from, is it conditioning? Is it just that we're like feeling some embarrassment? I mean, there's usually some conditioning to why we feel we need to deny it. And kind of that going back to that desensitizing idea in to be magnetic work, they often talk about outing your shadow. What is it that you are, you know, specific shadow words, I'll out my shadow. I'm going to give you my examples of mine because it makes it less scary and less embarrassing when you talk about it regularly. So my words are unpolished, um, attention, whore, average, (laughs) that's one of mine. And then, um, what's the third one or the fourth one? I'll think of it, but it's like, when you say those out loud, it's, 
oh, selfish. The, my Aries North node is like really struggling with that, that selfishness. Like, oh, I'm so selfish. And the more that I work and I, the more that I uncover where it comes from and also integrate it into my life that like, you know what? It's okay to be selfish. You have to, you have to do that in order to take care of yourselves. It, it gets less intense and you, you learn to overcome it and ultimately be more magnetic when you, you truly love all parts of yourselves, but it takes, I mean, it's painful to go down and tell yourself, you know what, you're kind of an attention whore and that's okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think talking about it, like you said, just it lessens it for you, but it also lessens it for everybody else who feels that way about themselves. Um, totally. because I think we all kind of harbor that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I, that's, I almost think of it as like, it's kind of like past life regression for me where I, I feel like we need a different name for it, but I just don't even know what I don't know. <laughs> I don't know right. what to name it, but it's almost like as we step into who we feel like we truly are, what we truly want to do, it's like all the things that hold us back, um, in a way that just is not needed, like for the yeah. deepest, highest good. And that's um, like the sign yeah. of Sag. And I, I tell my clients, like when you find your calling and you find your path and you feel that passion for it, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter is the, again, the good luck planet. He will help you out in the crazy of, of ways. And I know for sure, Gina and I have changed careers and it was really hard for me to do that stuck in corporate America for 17 years, but Jupiter did. He really helped me out. I, I like astrology is my thing. It's my jam. It's my passion. And I never thought in a million years being a Capricorn that I could make a living doing this work, uh, being so wired for corporate America and Jupiter again, found my calling and he has helped me along the way in the most unexpected of ways so trust like when you find your passion when you're when you find your calling um just surrender that and don't plan every corner and every way you're gonna go because the path is always changing Sagittarius demands that it changes um keeps life interesting and yeah Jupiter the king of the gods will throw you some uh good luck and good fortune when you find that true path that is your calling and that is your story uh Sagittarius is again like the big picture like the story the opposite opposite sign of Gemini, like is a storyteller and the information, but Sag like puts it all together. Um, big picture sign. So yeah, Sarah- I mean, to the point where like, I don't even my perfect example, right. I'm putting together, I'm renovating this house. And my dad was, everyone was asking me all kinds of questions, right. When I got the keys and my dad's like, I just watched you just answer 20 decisions in five minutes and like you didn't even delay and he's like I don't understand he's I see these little pieces here and there and my mind can't grasp what you are seeing as the big picture but for me it's really hard to detail things because I work in big picture right I almost see it as an abstract my life in general like when someone asks me what I'm gonna do in five years I'm like I don't know like I just see it as this big like bubble of happiness and whatever needs to take place to get there will happen kind of I describe being a Sagittarius as like if there's any Harry Potter fans out there if you're listening to this when Harry pretended to give Ron the liquid luck does any are you guys what Harry Potter yes yes okay do you remember when Harry pretended he gave Ron the liquid (laughs) luck and Ron just smashed his tryouts because he was like unstoppable (laughs) that is what it's like and it can get us into trouble not gonna say I can't But I just like start my days just like with this weird innate feeling that it's just going to work out. 
And Hold it's on. so is, lovely. Is the <laughs> Harry Potter example kind of like the placebo effect? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. mm-hmm. so he didn't actually have, okay. So that would be, I think, uh, Sagittarius territory because of our belief systems. And I am a yep. science major. I have a science background. Like the placebo effect is real. What we believe can happen. That's the power of our beliefs, which it sounds like it's Harry Potter thing. So I, I need to get in Harry Potter. I've been trying for 20 years. Totally. I'm telling <laughs> you, like Sagittarius <laughs> have a placebo that they have had some kind of lucky, something sprinkled over them whatever it is they keep great the positive it gives us such confidence mm-hmm. yeah they're yeah. the most optimistic sign of the zodiac i think i forgot to say that um sagittarians will find the silver lining in anything um and i i think i i, I call my set i have a lot of sagittarian friends i actually attract sagittarians i'm jedi rising so i attract the opposite sign in my chart most of my best friends are Sagittarius's and they will always like if I get into that victim consciousness which we can all do and get Debbie Downer as a Capricorn that can happen to me they kick my butt <laughs> and they in a, the most amazing way though they'll sprinkle some fairy dust on my problem and be like okay yeah it's really not that bad it's gonna be fine so it's so good to hang out for with Sagittarians it's good for the soul <laughs> to Is see there... that optimism yeah no kidding I can see that I'm sitting here. I'm like, okay, I think in my next life, like if I'm coming back, I'm going to be a Sag. There you go. <laughs> do it. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Sarah recommends. <laughs> okay. So Meredith, you had mentioned a couple of times um, that you attract, attract Sagittarius people or people with a lot of Sagittarius. And so I guess my question is like, what makes you say that? Is that just you knowing that the people you've attracted have that a lot of that in their chart or is there something in your chart where you can be like yeah that makes sense so uh the theory is you're going to attract the sign that is opposite of your rising sign so if you know what your rising sign is just figure out what the opposite sign again i'm a gemini rising so the opposite sign of gemini is sagittarius so i attract Mm -hmm. sagittarius people i have my whole life um and i've attracted i found out later sagittarius rising boyfriends uh, and my clients are, it's interesting to see, somebody told me your, your descendant is going to be your client base. And I do, I attract people that are trying to find their calling, trying to find their path. They want the truth of who they are because maybe they lost themselves. Like, I don't know what my calling is. I don't know what my career is. What, what do I need to do here? And it's interesting to see who, like, the, I have a floor in my building. We're all different kind of healers. And the different clients that come in are so different for each of us. Um, like, Ashley, we've talked about this before. You, what's your um, rising sign? Aries, right? Aries, Libra. So you attract Libras. You attract, mm-hmm. attract the people pleasers, the people that have lost themselves, the moms always giving. Uh, yeah, there you go. Attract the Libras. Uh, does that answer your question, Gina? I think. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. So would you say that attraction in this dialogue equals compatibility or is that just like not a thing like when you read oh these people are compatible with libras or scorpios or whatever is yeah, that throw all that out the window with sun signs specifically i always say you're gonna attract what you need in life not necessarily what you want <laughs> um so people that might come into your path that are challenging for you you might need a challenge you might might need to face some shadows working with different people but yeah compatibility is a loaded question maybe we can tackle that in 2022 with astrology but yeah sun sign yeah. i mean fire signs compatible fire air classically compatible earth and water classically compatible um i mean 
let's see, fire and earth, not so much. They don't know, fire doesn't know how to burn on the earth. Um, does that make sense? But yeah, if, uh, fire, uh, fire needs air. So just even think of the elements um, more than the science for compatibility. Sarah, do you feel like you attract a certain type of person? You would attract all the Gemini's like, boo, all, everybody. <laughs> right. Um, actually, I, I don't, m- more than anything in my life, but it could be because I have so much in the 12th house. Like I have a ton of planets and all my Sagittarius is in the 12th house. So um, I attract a lot of Pisces and Scorpio, which is strange because they're, you know, you wouldn't think that, but I was loving the Scorpio episode last month. But anyways, um, my, I do, I feel like I, I have this unspoken connection with the Geminis that are in my life, even though like they're, we're not like super close. Like my godson's a Gemini and he's like my favorite person on the entire planet. I think I've told Mary this in one of our, um, like think classes together when I was, she was teaching me more about astrology, but I don't necessarily think so yet. I think it's also because Sagittarius, like we're very much like rebellious and we like to talk the most. And I think Gemini's are probably the only sign that has a seat in that. And so it's just like, Hey, <laughs> like I have the mic. And I think that's why I don't necessarily <laughs> hang out with them as much, even though well, I probably do attract them. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about Scorpio. <laughs> so another layer, I actually don't get a lot of Sagittarius sun signs. Um, but I want to talk about the rulerships, which we've, you know, played around with. So Sarah, um, your Gemini descendant is ruled by Mercury and your Mercury is in Scorpio. Um, and my Sagittarius descendant is ruled by Jupiter and my Jupiter is in Virgo and I get a lot of Virgos. Um, so I was going to guess Sarah, you attract oh. Scorpios based on the rulership. And I that. love them. Like I, like people, yeah. I feel like Scorpio gets a bad rep, but I love Scorpios. Cause I just feel like I can relate to them, but I also have a lot of Scorpio in my chart. And so Venus and Scorpio one. literally translates to love <laughs> Scorpio. Ah! <laughs> I've noticed like you love your Venus sign. Probably sometimes if it's not your sun sign, you, everyone is like loves their Venus sign and you might not even be conscious those listening what your Venus sign is, but look it up. And I bet you have an affinity towards the people of that sign. That I've is to- so totally cool. seen it. Yeah. Venus and Leo. Nugget of knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So Sarah being a triple Sag, that's a lot of fire. Have you had any past lives where you're like a witch around the fire or good question. That's <laughs> a, a fire thrower one. in the circus. Like I ha- I haven't had any, I'm trying to think none of mine have been towards fire, but one thing that's strange is I'm more often men in past lives like much more like masculine energy than feminine energy in my past lives, which is interesting, but nothing with fire. I've, I think my subconscious has protected me and I've probably done like seven or eight past life regressions now. And I've hadn't, haven't had any like super tragic endings yet. And I think my subconscious (laughs) is like, hold up. Like you're not ready for that one yet. We're going to give you this one where you die of influenza instead. Um, (laughs) This peaceful death. Yes, exactly. For the most part. I mean, there's been a couple cliff jumps, but other than that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. A couple cliff jumps. I, that is very interesting. I mean, you know, I'm a, I, that rebellious energy. One of them, I jumped off a cliff instead of getting married. So I didn't want to marry the guy. And I was like, screw that. That was one of my, that was one of the ones when I was a woman. Wow. (laughs) 
that is Sagittarius oh too. Yep. Like freedom. Nope, not going to be tied down with these rules and regulations. Dude, like I need we're to be like, free. Yeah, and it's very hard to date as a Sagittarius. Why? Because <laughs> you like to be free. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. And you like to be yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. <would> be <laughs> yeah. And we're addicted to change. Yep. <laughs> that too. All these things. <laughs> I'm curious um, to know what a Sagittarius moon feels like, like sort of that impulsive, emotional ooh. drive. Like, I, I don't know, with a, a fire moon, what does that feel like? I've got a Sagittarius moon and I don't have a, I don't have any water in my chart. So the moon, if you think of it as like an intuition level, like my intuition comes in in a flash. Like it is a spark. Mm-hmm. It comes in so fast. And I'm like, where the F did it go? And I always try to grab onto it, but it's just like a quick flash. Um, and then I can be reactive too, especially yeah. I'm not very triggered very easily anymore. I've done so much work on that, but I was a reactive kid. Like I could not even jam a second between something happening and me just having a response. Uh, and those are the fire signs. Uh, the moon is the backseat driver in your chart. Uh, except for Sarah. <laughs> uh, she's all everything. Um, so yeah. And for me, I'm a Capricorn sun set, which we'll talk about next month in Sagittarius moon. My business and party life are very compartmentalized. I cannot mix them. I cannot drink on the job. I have trouble like at a work event, like socializing. I want it to be completely separate. I have two phone lines. I have two email addresses. Everything is separate. I've got my Sag self and I've got my Capricorn self. Um, so yeah, but with Sarah, it's all like, everything's all mixed together. Uh, how many phones do you have, Sarah? <laughs> do you just have one? I'd be impressed. If you um, I mean, it, <laughs> I you own a telecom company. company. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh god i forgot about that <laughs> so i mean do i ha- i have one cell phone but i do have a lot of phones <laughs> oh that's so funny i forgot about that, that. is yeah. but that's another wild. thing i think sagittarius are we're really loud right like uh-huh. that's one thing that i've noticed in my sagittarius friends like i went to brunch with a- another sag and we sat down and we were at brunch like two hours and she got up before we left to go to the bathroom. And it wasn't until I was alone that I realized how quiet the restaurant was. And I was just like, oh gosh, these poor people have literally listened to a scream for an hour and a half. That is a good point. I've been told to be quiet and I'm like, I'm loud. I had, I was like no conscious awareness of, because my moon was like fired up, especially when it fired up. And we're so excited. Like her voices go higher. Yes. That's and hilarious. Sarah, are you gullible? I used to get teased for being gullible because I believe anything anyone tells me. Um, but I don't know if that's I like, because I like belief systems. Like, I'm like, yeah. Yes. I feel like for me, like belief systems are so abstract, right? So right. Like, like someone will, we're like incredible debaters because we can like twist things and every nothing's like concrete to us. So like someone mm-hmm. will say something and we just kind of go like, like we're great at the, um, oh, what's the method? The so- Socratic method? Like, we're just like, oh, and why do you feel that way? Like, yeah, <laughs> challenging belief like systems. It slightly. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, but what is a belief system? If we really want to talk about this and then we like break it down and break it down until everyone in the conversation is confused. And we're just like, see, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's Everything why we're right. just is. <laughs> so funny. That is a good, I think that's a clever technique. Yes. Yeah. So fire purpose, signs, but... yeah, fire signs love a challenge. 
And then Sagittarius being belief systems. So challenging another's belief systems. I actually challenge my belief systems almost on the daily. Um, you know, I do have this, like, there is a possibility in my head that astrology is bullshit. I'm like, I have to be open to that possibility. I mean, it works for me and I'm going to keep practicing it while it what works for me, but I have to admit it might all be junk. <laughs> like I'm here. Yeah, like, yes. I have to be open to that uh, possibility, um, which maybe will get me in trouble for saying that, but it's important for me to say it. Um, that is my truth. <laughs> yeah. And I feel at this point in this realm, I feel less trusting, a lot less trusting with someone who feels like, oh yeah, this is the capital T truth. We know it all over here. It's like, yeah. hmm, actually you probably don't. Maybe that's that like the cult right. leader side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my favorite part of your podcast, Gina. Like the first few episodes you were like, listen, I'm just going to put this disclaimer out there. Like take it this with a grain of salt like it could be totally wrong and I was like I love this because it is it is like an exploration instead of a like discussion which Mm -hmm. is I guess probably the Sagittarius in me I love just like kind of peeling back the layers and dissecting things just to see it all instead of like getting an exact answer yeah I feel the same way yeah, I feel that. That's your Scorpio energy, you too. <laughs> That's the Kelly Mac, yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? I think it was this summer when I realized that Scorpio was not a fire sign. <laughs> I was really? like, oh wait, it's a water sign. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I don't know why. I always thought it, it was fire. <laughs> yeah, burn it all down. We did. I want to mention one more thing, which yeah. is... Um, solar eclipses and I don't want to date this episode too much but there is a solar eclipse coming up yeah and we had another uh solar eclipse in December of 2020 in Sagittarius we've got one more this December December 4th uh 2021 at 12 degrees Sag and this is going to close out some Sag Gemini solar eclipses so I keep um saying eclipses in astrology represent beginnings and endings So I actually started my business on an eclipse and there's an eclipse about every six months. So I noticed kind of a a stride or a new milestone in my business about every eclipse. I see something like that. And it's always wild card energy. And the, sometimes with the fire eclipses, we've had the coast of California on fire. Eclipses have kind of like done that. I think Australia was on fire last year um, or maybe it was two years ago. Uh, So that's a possibility, again, just wild card, famously unpredictable. But with Sagittarius being the sign of truth, and especially on the planet today, it's like we're bombarded with information, um, and the collective karma right now is Gemini Sag. So this is going to close out something on the collective. Um, So I just keep expecting truth bombs to come out. I don't know what the truth is. I don't even care anymore. Um, But this eclipse is is a big one. Uh, There's some other cosmic stuff coming up in December. So uh, know that, you know, be ready for whatever. And this eclipse is conjunct Mercury, the messenger. Um, And it's in conjunct Uranus, which is the awakener. So it's like when something's in conjunct, like it's happening, but you can't really see it. So I love actually this energy, this eclipse, because it's going to catapult the awakening that's already happening. This is my interpretation of the eclipse. I'm not sure what is going to happen with it, but there is an awakening happening on the planet. Again, I have a front row seat to it. And December, I just feel like we've seen graphs in the last year and a half. I just see like the graph of the awakening just going off the charts. So ground yourself in December, everybody. Um, This is a big fiery uh, eclipse. I'm excited for it. I always get excited for eclipses. You can't see it in the U.S., but it will fall somewhere in your natal chart. So check 12 degrees Sagittarius uh, to see how this eclipse might be affecting you. And Sarah, yeah, it's landing right on you. 
Um, so new beginning yeah. or closing the chapter. Bread. Yeah. It's your favorite. <laughs> the last one that happened last year was so much fun. <laughs> Just so much fun. That one was on your Uranus, um, Sarah. This one's on your Saturn. So um, like Uranus is another so wild blocking. card. Yep. Yeah, like law and Saturn is karma. So you will probably be mm -hmm. beginning or ending a karmic cycle with this eclipse. It's more, it's not as wild as the last one for you. It'll be the last one grounded wild. and you don't really have any <laughs> earth. I'm still so gonna, yeah. mm -hmm. It's your feet on the ground. Yep, I'm going to, I'm going to go outside. <laughs> I'm going to go outside then. <laughs> Lay in the grass. Hug a tree. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I just want oh. to mention the eclipses. So just want to throw that out there. Yes, Meredith. And even if next in after the eclipses, when we're doing Capricorn, um, even to like look back on it, I kind of think that's fun with astrology is it's to see like how best. it shows up. Yep. Just yeah. so you know, and Meredith, I have to say this before we finish. I, we did my, um, my yearly reading for my birthday earlier this year. And you had me in middle of June of it, as it being like the turning point for the year. I had no idea I was going to buy this house that I just bought, like the second house. And going back, I went through a couple weeks ago, like through all the months. And that was the same week that I, out of nowhere, decided to buy the house. So it was pretty crazy. It's totally always so cool to look back <laughs> and like see that. Yeah. Oh. I just did that yesterday. I just listened to my solar return from my last birthday, you know, saying like the last 12 months, mm -hmm. fuck Meredith, you were <laughs> right. You were oh, right. On. I just like reading the energies and like, Hey, make sure you take some time off here. It's just, I find that so helpful, even for the comfort of it's all temporary. It's not right. always going to be like yep. this. You and I, I, I mean, nobody can predict the future with 100% accuracy, but I love astrology. It helps you create your best future, um, like the creation part, and you know what energies are going to be at your disposal, and you know when things are going to be unpredictable. So maybe block your calendar those couple of days. Uh, you know when you'll get busier. Uh, yeah. It just like you, like Gina, you said the themes, not not the what's exactly, but yeah. the whens. The whens are good. Um, it's it's easier to pinpoint the whens in astrology than the exact what's, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it totally makes sense. And I think it's like realistic um, and it helps me to kind of look back for sure. <sighs> thank you so much Yay. for coming. We will be back for Capricorn next month. Thank Special you. thank you Thanks, to Sarah. our triple Sag, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been honored to be here on my, like Past Lives in the Divine is my favorite podcast, but like this series oh my is my favorite series of my favorite <laughs> podcast. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> I didn't want to like keep emailing you guys on the thread, but I just listened to the Scorpio one and I was like painting by myself at probably 6 a.m. And I heard you guys like, we should invite Sarah. And I was like, they did invite me. <laughs> I didn't even think of you hearing that. That is so funny. <laughs> oh, I heard it. Well, I'm oh, glad wait, I, I also busted out laughing about the skull comment. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect you to say that I legit was like cutting in and you said skull and I I actually I was alone by myself and I physically busted out laughing I was just wasn't expecting I don't know I don't know what I was expecting it wasn't the skull but I feel like I agree with that statement kind of <laughs> I've gotten some pretty cool ones a few people have said hands which I think are a good one um, I actually yeah. had a few people email me responses. I was like, ooh, maybe we should have a 
fucked up question at the end of every podcast. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we totally should. <laughs> I am so lucky. Okay. Bye, guys. There it is. That is our Sagittarius episode. Thank you so much for being here, for listening, for sharing this podcast with your friends. Do you have a friend with a lot of Sagittarius in their chart? Do you have a friend with a birthday around this time of year? It might be kind of a fun thing to send them. And if you're someone who is like, I wish I had more people to talk about this weird stuff with, that might be a fun way in. Um, I know that having these conversations publicly can feel kind of scary, but doing it, doing this podcast has introduced me to a world of people. You, you make me feel normal in the best way. And I really cannot thank you enough for being here. Um, Take anything in this episode that helps you and just leave the rest.